Welcome to this week's spooky episode of the Nerd Chatter Podcast, where two nerds typically sit down and chit-chat about nerd news that we find throughout the week. However, this week, Garrett and I, my friend, how are you? Good, how about you? Pretty good. We're going to be talking about Werewolf by Night. This is our Halloween episode. Uh, we are recording this a little bit earlier in the month. I think it's uh, mid-October right now. Um, we're going to be out of town, so we're going to schedule this for release on, on Halloween weekend. Uh, we were originally going to talk about Hocus Pocus 2 and the original Hocus Pocus film, but uh, Werewolf by Night dropped uh, on a pretty convenient uh, time, so we, we figured that we'd switch over to that since it is pretty sick, right? Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's a watch <laughs> for sure. If uh, if you're if you're kind of tired of of your more cookie cutter uh, Marvel experience, this was definitely a trip. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to do any free games. We'll have that in the Discord if you want to check that out. Uh, link for the Discord is in the description below. I'm not going to do a Twitter post for it because I'll be out of town. Um, but you know, you can check it out there. We'll have the free games in the free game section. Ironically enough, um, but Werewolf by Night is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of just do a synopsis off the top of my head here. You have a, a group of individuals, right, who uh, are summoned to a uh, a location where I guess these individuals hunt monsters, and, and she makes reference to them being masked, so I think they do so, um, you know, with some, some form of anonymity, um, but kind of like bounty hunters for monsters, right? And uh, they all go to this one place uh, for a meeting where a woman, what's her name? I think it's Verusa. I don't know really how to pronounce it, but I th- I think it's Verusa. Yeah, it was some like some you know fantastical name. <laughs> you, yeah, you get it. But she's being very theatrical. She's saying that they summoned them there because you know there's there's uh, uh, some business that needs to be taken care of between their little organization. Uh, and, and you know if if you don't know, I mean obviously we're gonna be talking spoilers here, right? You should obviously go see the movie first, but we wanted to just kind of discuss it, and it's only an hour, so I mean you can pop it off real quick. But uh, these people are summoned there to determine who the next uh, leader of their little uh, bounty hunter clique is going to be. Uh, and the original person in charge has died. The the wife has brought everybody there, and uh, they're going to have a little manhunt for a monster. First one to to kill it and capture it, I guess, um, or capture it is going to be the new leader of their clique and they don't really go into like details as to like the benefits of that or, or even more detail into each individual character um, but then a little hunt ensues and then it goes off into a, a, a kind of a different a different direction in terms of plot and one of them is there to help the monster get freed because they're a monster uh, turns out that that is werewolf by night they find out and then you know bloodbath ensues and then you know, it just kind of ends in, in a nice little, you know, cap to a small story. Uh, he's out there, you know, uh, all the bad people died and, uh, you know, you're good to go. So uh, I'd say all in all, just just what did you think of the film? I, you know, I really liked it. It was not the typical Marvel deal. It felt like a 30s or 40s like horror film, which is cheesy a little yeah. bit. But um I feel like they did a really good job. Um, it was Michael Giacchino who did the direction, which is, he's typically um, uh, like the writer for all of the music. So like that was really yeah. cool to see him flex his um, professional the, chops dire- there. Directorial muscle. Yes. Um, you know, that's, 
that's interesting. I like that too because you know you want to you want to give creatives the opportunity to to, to flex those muscles. Um, there were a couple shots in here that were just flat out impressive. Um, they're just they're good enough to make an hour worth watching. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know if you know what scenes I'm talking about, but um, do you have any scenes in your mind that stand out as as like okay that was like really good. When um, the chick is fighting the one dude who is hiding um, in like the the mausoleum, the casket room. Yeah, yeah, the mausoleum. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like she chops off his hand and then uses the hand <laughs> uh, like with the little um, arrow flinger. Like that was pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. Um, I'd say like what, what I th what I see was the shot, the transformation shot. Right. Yeah, that one was really good. The incredibly slow pan, you know, the slow zoom onto her face in increasing, like, just she's petrified. You know, she's she's just she's getting more and more scared, and it's clear why you're not seeing what's going on. You're seeing it based on like a reflection or like a shadow behind her that's being cast from a light that's you know. Uh, very, very impressive lighting. The camera movement mm -hmm. and the music and the sound was just so, like, on point. With that, would you believe me if I said that that shot was not CG? Oh, no. I mean, that's that. a lot of this comes off as practical. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. uh, Man-Thing is... We'll talk about him, but, like, um, you know, this is very... I was telling my wife, I was like, look at these very practical in-camera shots that they're doing right now. Like, this is very... Uh, Dracula, you know, Bram yeah. Stoker's Dracula or whatever. Um, a lot of in-camera trickery, a lot of use of light and shadow. Um, the other shot that I'm thinking of is the, the I mean, the room scene where he's just annihilating people, and yeah. um, the 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 shutter, the door slowly closing, cutting off the light to the room. And you seeing like less and less of what he's doing, but it's just even crazier because he's like leaping across the room and like ripping people to shreds. You're like, oh, and it's just getting so intense because you know that like that last guy, he's not going to have an opportunity to get out, right? And this dude's about to get like shredded. Uh, and then he kind of starts doing like the little schnicky schnicky Wolverine action on the door, you know, like he's not harming himself when he's trying to like hack at that door and he's making damage, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, that that scene. And then the, the transformation scene, just, they had such, like, beautiful cinematography, you know, like, just the, the concept behind the shot. You could tell that the dude is, like, laying in bed just thinking about, you know, a sh that shot. And and that's what, like, visualized in his head. And he's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta write that down, you know? So, an another little interesting thing. So, Michael Giacchino did an interview this week, and he said that he sat down... Um, all of the the people, um, so all of the actors, then all of the um, like people on the the cameras and the sound and um, on set, and was like, "Listen, this was my nightmares as a kid," mm -hmm. and was like, "Here's the goal. I, I want it to be like my nightmares," and like the the that intensity that you see in that comes from that yeah dude's genius yeah i mean uh, that's uh, those are not 
those are not standard director shots. Those are not your like Michael Bay, your, um, you know, your, your Snyder type of like shots, you know, your even like your by this point, um, you know, Tim Burton type shots. Like this is, this is like a, an expressive art form. It feels genuine and creative and unique and, and just fresh. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, so this person means business. This is more of like a Quentin Tarantino type of, of, of brain that we're working here with, with this director. It's like, I get it. Uh, it does have its moments, especially when people are just like chatting and just sitting around, like joking around or whatever. Uh, it does feel very Marvel. I'll give it that. Um, it feels in universe to a certain extent. And that's something that I wanted to talk about is where does this sit? What is, what is the gem inside that? What is the bloodstone? Is that the infinity stone? I don't think it's an infinity stone. Um, people are speculating that it's happening in, you know, in where we are in the MCU. Um, with, there's no real proof other than it's post, what was it, 1980-some? Because that was one of the... Um, on the, the end of the casket, they had, like, the, the date of um, the person's life and everything. And, oh, really? Um, yeah, did you miss that? I, was, I, I, I wasn't looking at the dates. And stuff. I was looking at names, yeah. and I told, I, told, I told my chick, I was like, those names are probably, like, Easter eggs. You know, they're probably, like, yeah. you know, just casting directors and, like, you know, key grips and shit. But there was dates, and one of them was in the 80s, so mm. it's at least after the 80s. Okay. Um, I was looking like, at clothes. I was looking at the musket that she, that she whipped out, like... I was like, where are, what time are we? You know, it's like, yeah. are those Gucci, <laughs> those Gucci shoes that dude's wearing? Like, what is this? Like, what, when are we? What is it? Is it a movie? Is it just be a stylistic choice to do it in black and white? Is it not referencing a time frame? But I didn't catch the eighties reference, which would imply that it's most likely nineties or now, you know, like maybe it's late nineties, but why would it be black and white? You know? Um, um I think, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want, I don't know about the black and white, but you know, at the end when she, the the chick, gets the bloodstone and like she's like sitting down and everything's coming to like color. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's a sim, or I'm pretty sure it's like a symbolic thing of like she was meant to have that or yeah. something, and like everything's coming to life because Bright of that red that her her clothes changes to which i mean in my mind i was thinking beige you know like peacoat yeah um but she turns to i was like scarlet witch like what is this i was like no this wouldn't be like a an old scarlet witch like that's not how scarlet witch works you know um so yeah i was a bit i was a bit kind of thrown off on that um you know you got man thing what do you think about man thing i love man thing yeah ted ted yeah theodore ted i forget the last name uh, but the story with man thing it came out in the 70s he is a stan lee creation I'm not sure which which one was first swamp thing in dc or man thing in, in marvel argue about that as you know <laughs> as you wish uh but you know when it comes to that character what it is is a scientist who's trying to recreate the super serum uh you know captain america super serum uh, and his lab sinks into the Florida Everglades. And when he reemerges, he is Man-Thing, and he looks like Swamp-Thing, essentially. 
and um he's not really i mean he's a villain but he's not a villain you know he's one of those like anti-hero whatever characters mm-hmm. um a deep pull thing with it though is is man thing is listed as as a character having been involved with midnight suns and people think you know you got miss Mar- you get the marvels right that's going to be like their little side side crew right yeah uh, and then you got like avengers and you got guardians you got midnight suns and a number of other characters that uh, either are planned to be introduced in the mcu or already have uh, so you have a lot of key members from the midnight suns already existing in the mcu uh, and then you have you know i think i think wolverine spent time in the midnight suns at one point like he spent time in everything um so with man thing being associated he's he is part of the midnight suns as well it's like you have another character you can throw in there i mean it, it wouldn't be sticking true it's like much like the original avengers you have like a certain lineup but technically the avengers is gigantic like there's tons of much like justice league you know it's not just those five characters or what have you it is like hundreds of characters over time that have been accumulated uh, and that's kind of how midnight suns is but on a smaller scale um what do you think of that do you think that there there might be some type of of future plan to bring ted into the bigger fold of of mcu and have him be rubbing shoulders with you know um a potential keanu reeves ghost rider i might add yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool my um, biggest fan fan request was that he play ghost rider uh, and just last week or this week, he 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 mentioned in, in an interview that the like the inner ten year old, uh, you know, inside of him would would love to be uh, Ghost Rider in the MCU. And it's like, <gasps> it's like oh yeah. my god, oh my god, you know. And uh, then you got Mister Moon, and then you got you know, uh, Doctor Strange, and and so on. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like uh, Man Thing. I think <laughs> they portrayed him really well. You know, this vicious creature, but. You know, as soon as you call him Ted, he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Yeah, he's, yeah, in very human mannerisms too. It's very funny too. He's just, I was like, I, I told the chick, I was like, I'd love a show where this dude never said anything, and that you yeah. know, um, but he is hyper intelligent or a super intelligent creature mm-hmm. because he is an actual like scientist and he does think. He's not just like some mindless beast. Yeah, no, I, I would really like a Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a, a oh, Disney Blade. Plus, Blade is yeah, another one that's in there, in there actually. Yeah. Um, and so I would, I would really like that to happen. And I mean, I would. I mean, we're going into where we know where there's going to be, you know, X Men coming in the future, mm-hmm. and that there's just more. Um, what are are they calling the mutants officially now? They haven't. I mean, the only time they've said the word mutants or mutation was in Miss Marvel, and That's right. they haven't really hit on it yet. And I think, I mean, they're going to be planning for like a twenty twenty six or twenty twenty seven release for anything X Men related. I'm assuming so. Yeah, no, nothing more than that yet. Well, I mean, we we do have Deadpool coming. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not a mutant. Twenty twenty. I mentioned I, I said that accident I heard it and after I was like he's not a mutant I was like because I mentioned Colossus being a mutant but he's Deadpool is not a mutant that's just I don't believe so I have to look it up but I'm pretty positive that Deadpool's not a mutant okay uh, he is an but, X-Men however though 
Wolverine is also coming, but I don't know if it's going to be in uh, the 616 universe. Yeah, I mean, we already have an introduction of mutants, period, with Professor yeah. X, you know. Yeah. Now, we're not we're we're talking technicalities in that in that aspect because of what dimension. However, it's the MCU. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's an all-encompassing visual representation of what Marvel wants to do. So they had just to, yeah. they told you Marvel that mutants exist. Period. Um, do they exist in Earth one nine 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 or six one six? Like whatever, whatever Fahey wants to call it, but. Yeah, they have been introduced, and, and yeah, you got Colossus coming. We had that that little scoop. Um, you got Professor X and all that stuff. So I mean, it's you know, it's 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 not too far away. However, it's not a hundred percent clear yet. Yeah. Anyway, so we we have all of these big things kind of unfolding. It would just be fun to have this like, you know, band of misfits off mm. to the side. Or at least so-called misfits, like just going to ham on something fun, and yeah. um, whether they make it like a darker show or make it more a little lighthearted, um, I would. I mean, I'd, at least I would assume it would be a little bit darker, at least with the tone that they would have put out with the the characters that have been introduced from Midnight Suns. Um, anyways, I I'm all for that. You know, you're gonna kind of want that pull. I mean, you get Ghost Rider and Blade in there though. That might be like a sell. Keanu Reeves, my he just he just backed out of a Scorsese and DiCaprio production that was like slated for Amazon or, or something like that, Hulu or something. Um, Interesting. I, I didn't he, know that. I don't. He can't. He wouldn't be able to pull off a Scorsese film. But it's not a it's not a directed by. I don't think. But Keanu doesn't. I mean, you know, I've seen him in 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 Dracula. It was pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty mm-hmm. bad in him trying to. You know, deep acting. He's more like the brooding character, and and Ghost Rider would be a perfect fit for that. Um, and with him being CGI'd as a skeleton, it would be totally easy to to work him in. Uh, and he own, he owns his own motorcycle company, and he's a huge fanatic. Uh, and I'm sure that would actually mean something to him personally if he if he was if he is going to be a superhero, he's going to be the motorcycle superhero. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, anybody deserves it. It's, it's somebody who actually has a passion for it. So uh, I'm all for that. Uh, but man thing, I'm, I'm with you. I, I liked, uh, I liked his, his mannerisms. Uh, I could tell that if it was in color, which was it in color at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He had a very oh, short, uh, color shot there. A little bad, but it's, it's like, it's, we're not talking Groot level, like CGI. You know what I mean? Well, um, it, it, it Thanos, does, <laughs> you know. yeah, definitely not. But, um, I mean, I'm just His looking eyes. at that now, um, it's not visually jarring. It's not jarring, but yeah, the eyes are a little like, look overly glossy and, and stuff like that. But, yeah. But that's um, only when he's in color. I don't know and anything about the, his powers, so I don't know about him melting people's heads and shit. <laughs> you know, I don't know how that, I don't know if that's like a, a common power for him or what have you, but that was pretty gnarly. Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't just as, it was anything that he got on or like, you know, held on to. It was just like, oh, that's uh, gone now. Yeah. I mean, I have to look into that character, but that might actually be like just his power or what have you, but um, mm-hmm. a, a reaction or, or, or a byproduct of his experiments. But, um, you know, I mean, really the reason for the black and white, and I, I mentioned this in a previous episode, was like, I wonder why 
um, if it's for the vibe or if it's for the gore. And it, it seems like both, 100%, but yeah. definitely got away with a lot more <laughs> than they would typically get away with if it wasn't in black and white, you know? Blood splattering on the camera and, and that whole hallway scene or what have you, it, it was pretty violent, you know? You got arms being cut off and heads being melted and, you know, people getting their throat ripped out. Like, it was pretty violent uh, for that short bit of time. Uh, and it definitely wouldn't have flown if it was uh, if it was bl- red blood being flung around like that. Oh you know yeah, I mean? that would have been like immediately rated it's R. Like, this is yeah, radar. We're gonna have to dude. like this is gonna have to be age gated. Um, however, I'm here for it. I loved it. <laughs> A little hokey, the lady. Um, the what do you think about the husband in the casket? Oh man. <laughs> okay, so the there's keeper. no way he just died. Like you know. Like the did the dude in the casket is there's been some decay that has happened like they like made some animatronics for the body yeah like it, oh that that was well, weird it kind of sounded in the beginning when when the recording was was you know being played it sounded like it was a plan like it was his plan like thank you for yeah. completing the plan so maybe he was like and he was making gags too he was making like gags so I think it was totally yeah. like written in his will. He's like, I want you to shove me full of a bunch of, uh, you know, electronics and, and animatronics and prop me up. And he had all these instructions and, and they did it. So it just might be that crazy. But once I saw that, I was like, bro, this is this is going to be wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is going to be so wild. Uh, it didn't. I wouldn't say it disappointed, but it, it didn't like get any crazier than that in terms of concept. They kind of just turned into your typical, you know, people, I guess, in this case, verse monster. And uh, it just happened to be more likable characters that would would easily be shoehorned into the MCU and at least the Disney Plus sphere, you know. Um, yeah. So um, I'm just uh, looking into the Midnight Sun stuff, and one of the key members that it lists, um, as specifically as leader, is Wong. Oh, really? So on this little thing, it says. Um, Wong, Doctor Strange, and Morbius have all been leaders. Uh, current members, Blade, Doctor Voodoo, Elsa Bloodstone, which is the chick from um, mm-hmm. the show Man-Thing, and then Wong. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know who that character was. I was like, is that Jessica Jones? <laughs> I was like, it looks like Jessica Jones. You know, you got, you got Thunderbolts, right? They got their little faux avengers set up and they're probably gonna did you hear the red hulk reference in in she hulk i did oh my god do they need to just relax just get that show off the air it's ruining things just shut up like just stop saying things just get get through your your little dating drama and <laughs> just get off the air because like you're just you're that's just now it's gonna cheapen when red hulk drops it's like ugh, just get out yep. of here if we do World War Hulk and, and, you know, Planet Hulk, like, it's... Now it's going to be corny, because people are just going to be thinking about stupid-ass She-Hulk when they make a, you know, when they make Red Hulk drop. They're just trying to figure out how they're going to do it. Uh, probably Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, getting back to uh, Werewolf by Night, I mean, me personally... I don't see it as going to be a consistent like style that they're going to emphasize in the MCU. I don't think that they're going to go and, you know, dig through the archives and find the mummy <laughs> version of, of an MCU character and, and have that tale and the, the, 
they I mean if they could have had a Morbius type of movie like this, you know? Yeah. Imagine Morbius in this type of in this type of setting, right? And then you just have those characters all be introduced in this style and you have your own little pocket side universe that you can play with and introduce characters into and then kind of bring them into the into the overall uh, MCU and I don't know. I just think that has to be a Sony issue. I mean, obviously they weren't able to do anything with Morbius. I mean, if they got the rights back to Morbius, they would probably do something like that. But I think it would have been cool if they had this as like a little subgenre within. Uh, what do you think? Do you think they're going to build on this genre? Or do you think it's a one-off? At least for the moment, it's going to be a one-off. Um, I think it would behoove them to continue that pretty much exactly how you were stating. Yeah. Um, if they were able to get the rights for some of those more fringe characters that do have a large place in the comics, but it would be considered fringe in um, <laughs> yeah. the cinema portion, yeah. that would be the perfect way to bring them in. And here we go. Nkantu, the living mummy, is a fictional character appearing in the American comic books published by Marvel Comics. Literally the mummy, but it's it's a it's a Marvel superhero. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Uh, there's Morbius right there on one of the covers. Wow. I mean, they got a whole... I mean, you got... You know, Moon Knight is definitely within the realm of some... More spookier, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we... You know, you got a little subgenre. I'm totally for that, man. This world needs a little bit more horror. And maybe even, like, tongue-in-cheek, like, you know... Schlocky horror. And this is schlock. Right? This is intentional mm -hmm. schlock. It gets a little cringy when you start intentionally trying to be slocky, but uh, I think this one pulled it off. At the same time, this still felt like an MCU product, which I mean, some people have an issue with, but you still, that's a, that's a show of, of, of actual skill, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you can still feel like you're within a universe, but feel fresh and unique and different, um, you know, but also like they're, they're connected. Like that's an actual achievement that people should be praising, but... I guess it just depends on what team you play for these days. Um, but yeah, I think that would actually be cool if they just announce, you know, because you got Marvel, was it Marvel Knights? Uh, yeah. Uh, back in the day, you youngins, um, that's another team, right? Consisting of Daredevil, Punisher, um, is that Shang-Chi, Black Widow, okay. So there's some options there too. Dare, yeah, Daredevil. Um, but Marvel Knights in, in movie form were a, a, a side set of films that they produced uh, that was to indicate that they had more mature content. Um, this was before the MCU, or I guess I'd say before, but it was when MCU was starting to get established and uh, they released... I think those Blade films were Marvel Knights films. Um, Punisher, Warzone, I believe, was a Knights film. Um, but there were a couple films. And if you look it up, Marvel Knights was, was what they called their more mature subsection of films that they wanted to differentiate from their X-Men films and their uh, Spider-Man films because at that time they weren't their own production company with their own sub, you know, subcategories of, of filmmaking, they were working with other, you know, um, other companies, Paramount and, 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 um, 
Universal for Hulk and 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 Sony for Spider Man and X Men and stuff like that. Uh, so you had Marvel Knights as their substitute. They could very easily now introduce the Marvel Knights uh, again and just have it be where Deadpool lives, right? And where a standalone Wolverine movie would live. Um, what do you think? Do you think that that might be a route that they would go, or do you think that they're just kind of kind of play it by ear? Um, I think they're going to play it by ear. Mm-hmm. I think they have to at this point. Um, Punisher has to live somewhere, unless he's going to be completely like you know pussified. Uh, he's he's a pretty hardcore. Did you watch the the Punisher series? I did not, but that I mean, is rough. <laughs> That is a hardcore I mean, series. Let's be real. I mean, if they can, at this point, if they can make Logan and um, Deadpool go on Disney Plus, I think they're willing and going to be able to push whatever they want out to make characters the way they should be. I think it's um, easy now to make that assumption because there's so such few or such so few films to worry about that mature rating that. that R rating, um, but I think if you're going to try to build something where you have these characters that are known for having more adult storylines, right? So you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about that when it comes to a DC film. You see Black Adam like melting people and 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 you know just blowing things up and and like just killing people, like flat out murdering people. Um, like you're gonna, it's gonna be hard pressed to find a villain in Marvel films who's just gonna go and start murdering people, right? And and make it like cool it's like oh it's so cool that black adam's like ripping people apart it's like all right uh marvel is not where you're going to have that however you have characters like punisher um you know in certain you know you got you do have a ghost rider who's definitely a little bit more edgy you know daredevil can definitely be considered edgy um yeah they gotta live somewhere if they're gonna expand on those characters individually and try to differentiate Captain America from Punisher, you know? Um, letting a kid sit there and, and cycle through MCU films would be a lot more difficult as a parent if you're having to worry about whether or not, you know, you leave the room and he's watching, little, little Timmy's watching Thor save the day, and then you come back and Punisher just blew somebody's head off, you know what I mean? Um, it's, a, it's a hard balancing act <laughs> with how they have it now, uh, you know, and I think Deadpool is a little more tongue in cheek, um, and people know about Deadpool. However, you know, Punisher's inbound. Uh, I'm pretty sure Punisher's inbound. They got, I think Echo is where the the rumors lie with him making an appearance. Um, Blade is 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 certainly not going to be for your your child viewer. Um, I mean, what do you think about Blade? How do you think that's going to go? I think it'll be rated R. I think it has to be rated it R. It has to, yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of where our, my brain is at right now. They they know that they need to honor characters. They have mature content on the way. Um, for sure, Deadpool and um, Blade was most likely. I think they're getting into that point and saying hey you know we're we're not afraid to do this at least that is where i'm my brain's telling me they're yeah 
Yeah, I mean they're gonna do it anyways. I mean that's their plan. I'm just, I'm just more so wondering how they're gonna differentiate. Like, if is there gonna be a different logo that pops up at the beginning of a rated R Punisher film, or a rated R Marvel, or a rated R um, Deadpool and Wolverine film? Um, is is Deadpool and Wolverine gonna be rated R? Uh, a lot of questions. I don't know. Uh, I do know. I mean this both. This is not something completely marvel too dc had uh, i forget what theirs was um vertigo comics vertigo uh, is where the smut goes right like they're they're more ruthless shit uh vertigo would be seen at the beginning of of certain dc properties um i think constantine I forget. There are a couple Vertigo films that I remember watching. Uh, v for Vendetta is a Vertigo film, but it's it's not listed as a DC film. It's listed as a Vertigo uh, film, which is kind of the same concept when it comes to Marvel and Marvel Knights. Um, so that was my thing with that. Not necessarily talking about you know characters mashing up because Marvel Knights is a crew. How do you think about that ending now? Kind of thinking about the time frame right where we're at in the mcu these characters this story of werewolf by night um and where they're at i don't know where they're at is it like an island or something at the end of the film um it looks like they're either on i mean it's hard to tell it could be be in the middle of the woods it could mm -hmm. be like on the side of a, a lake or a river mm -hmm. i it, you don't hear like running water yeah yeah um but he's like in a little tent and, and, and yeah, made yeah. out of like branches and everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I like don't we got to speculate as to where this is and is, are these characters now characters we're going to see, you know, like, are they going to pop up? Like is werewolf by night going to be bopping around out there? Like, could he be a villain at one point? Could he be, you know, a, a, a character in one of these little clicks? Um, or is it truly just a little one-off, like I thought it was? You know, I think he's going to make an appearance, because I, if I, because I, I, I did some, you know, a little bit of research about the character himself, mm. um, and he, or at least in the comics, Moon Knight's first appearance was in one of these werewolf comics in the seventies. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, so it would not surprise me if, like. If we get a, a season two of, uh, of Moon Knight, that yeah. we have the conflict between them, and then, like, I'm, I mean, just me thinking logically here, it would then, if they team up moving forward, there's the introduction of Midnight Suns. Yeah, and you'd have Ted there. Um, yeah. Because they kind of seem like your Groot and Rocket relationship, right? Um, yeah. So, I mean,. Yeah, I think there's potential there. <laughs> you also, I think I've read Man-Thing is also uh, known to, like, work with Howard the Duck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I've read. Um, he's made multiple appearances already. Seth Seth Green uh, doing that voice. You get the, the Guardians cameo at the end of Guardians, I think it was. Well, he, yes, so there is that part. And then he's in he, Guardians too. Well, he's in the first Guardians, um, and he's like, you know, the the collector. He's in one of the yeah. cages. Is he? Yeah, 
Oh, he was free at the end, and he was sipping a martini. Yep. And then he's like, "I can't believe you let that thing lick your face or something like that." <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was the. It was. Um. Um. I digress, but like, he he is a character, you know. And if they decide to introduce him, it'd be a completely stupid character to to have involved, you know. And they can absolutely bring him into just making like little appearances and cameos just because that Ted character is around, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of potential there, you know, and, and once you start kind of getting the pieces, you know, to put together, uh, the puzzle is there, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. I see. I see what they're, what they're, what they're doing. There actually is something here. Um, you know, I just think that if there was a Keanu Reeves, uh, ghostwriter, uh, and you got these characters bopping around that were introduced in this film, um, the bloodstone character, I didn't even know it was a character. So yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that character was there and they're introducing characters that, that have, you know, they have a place in this in this idea of of introducing them, the Midnight Suns. So, I mean, you got Midnight Suns, the games, the game coming out too. I think that's a different Midnight Suns though, but uh, it is some type of reference to it, so they could play with it a little bit. Uh, however, I think we've talked about it enough. Uh, all in all, I mean, I just think the cinematography of the of the film was really good, especially for it being black and white. You can tell that they played with it a little bit. And they get a little gory with it. Um, but, you know, a, a nice spooky vibe for the Halloween season. You know, what do you yeah. think? Oh, I completely agree. And I, I just, I'm so impressed with the director having done almost all music in film. I mean, he's done music for, like, he did music for The Incredibles, a lot of the um, Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Heck, uh, he did music for either, it was either Rogue One or Solo. So I mean, mm. he's ha- had his hands in a whole bunch of content, but it was all on the music side. But he did a great job directing, and I just, yeah. I'm extremely impressed. Well, I can see that carrying over because the way that they don't just like sit there and write a, like write a song, you know, like or music com- compose music to a scene, like they have the scene up there that has no music to it right they're visualizing what sounds need to convey certain emotions and 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 emphasize certain things to the viewer so they're seeing it from a very directorial view to begin with you know what i mean it's not like um like a cgi artist who's going in there just to make sure that like explosions look good and believable the person that's making the music is trying to to uh, you know emphasize and and be a companion for camera movement, uh, camera uh, you know placement and selection of shots, and framing. Um, just like I said, that that slow zoom on her mm-hmm. when when he's changing. That listen to the visceral music and sound, the score that's playing under that there's a point there and like that's why it, that's why it stuck out to me it's like oh <laughs> it's like like okay so it's like you could tell like i said where like this this dude had to have been like in the shower or laying in bed or something like that and he's because i mean i kind of do that myself you know it's like reenacting certain like scenes and like thinking of them like better and how epic it could have been and thinking of like like where camera angle and movement and placement and speed and just like just the way that things are moving and how sound works with it could really emphasize how sick like something can actually be. And that's that's where 
it kind of like pulled me back for a second. It's like, oh, <laughs> like okay, I got it. We got a little bit of like a like a Quentin Tarantino action going on here. Like we got we got a, a big brain director here. It's like this is the type mm-hmm. of person that you're gonna want to give something more theatrical to for sure. Uh, so we might see more of him in the future, and I'm I'm all for it. So yeah, me too. Uh, so I think we talked about it enough. That's that's a good amount of time. Uh, like I said, you know, uh, this is our Halloween episode, and happy Halloween to you, Garrett, my friend. Thank you. You and, have uh, a great Halloween, and I'm. And I know you're going to be uh, having some fun yeah. out of town, and I wish you all the the best fun that you can possibly have, and take pictures. Yeah, and by that point, I'll be I'll be all jacked up from my from my oral surgery, and then we'll have uh, you know couple standalone episodes with you or stand up a standalone episode with you and we'll have uh you know uh, a halloween with no candy for me unfortunately yeah that that sucks for you yeah i'm cramming as and you know i'm just making sure i covered <laughs> the ground but uh you know but yeah um as always you know we have the plug we have our social media twitter instagram twitch facebook at nerd chatter show just type it in pretty much anywhere and we should pop up um, you can find all the episodes of the Nerd Chatter Podcast anywhere you can find podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and pretty much anywhere else. Just type in the Nerd Chatter Podcast and, and we'll be there. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a part of the community, you can always check out the Discord and head on over to our Patreon as well. We have some Patreon-specific content, news, and behind the scenes and all that good stuff. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, links are in the description below. If you're listening to us on any of the podcast platforms, you can head on over to our website, nerdchatter.com, for any of the links uh, that you need. So, yeah, we will uh, we will see you next week. Uh, this should be November, right? And uh, we'll, be, we'll be now anticipating uh, Thanksgiving and all yeah. the delicious foods. You know, my my third favorite holiday, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Take it easy.